Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Two organizations working to better the city of Dallas on the show this morning. Terrence Maiden joins me in the second half of the program to talk about his project, Two Wins, as well as a big development deal happening in South Dallas. We start off with Jana Gardner. She's the president and CEO of Healing Hands Ministries, Inc. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, Nick. Thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So we mentioned this off mic. We've been planning this for a really long time. We have finally gotten our schedules in sync. You're in studio once again. I do appreciate it. Uh, this recommendation, this organization came highly recommended. Uh, but as we always do, we got to start off with the basics. What is Healing Hands? What do you guys do? Healing Hands Ministries is a nonprofit clinic that provides access to health care for those that are uninsured and um, those that uh, don't always have access to health care. We provide medical care, dental care, behavioral health services that include um, counseling, um, substance abuse counseling. We also provide OB and pediatric services. So everything. Everything. Now, did this organization always have a, a holistic approach? I, I think I saw on your website, which is HealingHandsDallas.org, that some of these programs and services provided are relatively new. That's correct, Nick. We recently have added um, OB services and pediatric services. Now, how did this organization start? So in 2004, at the suggestion of my husband, um, I became a school nurse. I'm a nurse by degree, but my strength is really business and finance. Uh, he encouraged me to apply to work for the school district to have more time with our family for summers and holidays. So I'm like, hey, I'll try the school nurse gig and did that, thinking I would be placed in our son's upper middle class elementary school. But there was another plan, um, a higher power plan, and I was placed in a fantastic Title I school called Stoltz Road Elementary. That's a part of Richardson Independent School District. And that's where I really understood the need from the inside looking out rather than the outside looking in to really see the health care disparities for children. Um, I had parents that were working two and three jobs to provide food and rent for their families. And as a result of that, they were making the difficult choices between going to the doctor, purchasing medicine, and feeding their children. So as a result of that, um, I was there about six weeks, and I'm a faith person, and I felt a spiritual call in my life to start a clinic and reached out to some other folks and um, hoping they didn't think I was the crazy lady. Okay, so there's a bunch that I want to un unpack with that. Real quick, six weeks? Yes, sir. A lot of times, and I would say this is almost without exception, it takes a lot longer for people to develop an idea and to realize that a nonprofit is the way to help, six weeks is, it is borderline crazy. It really is. 
Did people kind of think that you were nuts when you started proposing this so quickly? Yes. They did think I was nuts. In fact, I live in the Lake Highlands area, and the big joke was is I was the crazy lady in Lake Highlands. And so as a result of quickly um, pulling some data from the fall of 2004 uh, to early 2005, I could show with some PEMS data provided by the school district as well as some other census data that we were living in a neighborhood that was uh, had the highest density of Section 8 housing. And um, 70% of the kids at that time were on free and reduced lunch, which it was a, which is a key poverty indicator. Sure. Real quick, let's go back to your background a little bit. You said that you're a nurse, but then you also said you had a finance background as well, both of which are going to help an organization like this in unbelievable ways. It's a recipe for success, but they are very different. So I'm a proud graduate of Baylor University School of Nursing, and but I really, my training from finance was from my father. Um, I don't have formal training, but I have that aptitude and that business sense about me. Um, since I was a very young little bitty girl, I was always taught to invest and save and be a good steward and give to others. And so as a result of that, those seeds were sown in my heart from a very early age. And we had lots of financial conversations growing up because I came from pretty meager means. My dad was a teacher. He was. I was going to suspect that he was some kind of investor himself. Well, he is, but he's an education person. Very, very interesting. All right. So you've, you've got this aptitude in your bones. Correct. This is a part of you. Was service a part of the family? Service was a part of my DNA as well. Okay, so you are built for an organization like this. I am. In fact, I was prepared, really, the majority of my career based on building relationships with different um, individuals that weren't in high levels in healthcare when we were all young. And then um, as their careers blossomed, they moved up the, the professional food chain, and um, I actually worked in corporate health as well. And so I worked for Texas Health Dallas for 10 years, and then after having a second child, worked for Texas Instruments, Target Corporation, and a few others. Very impressive. All right, so after only about two minutes, I was able to get the answer to the question of why and how would you try and do this in six weeks. You're basically set up for this. Do you feel that your life pushed you to that point? I think that's an easy way to kind of to look at it, but you may disagree. Um, I think that there were a series of events, career-wise, that kept pointing me down this path. And really, I had no idea I would be at this juncture in my life. Um, if looking back, I would have said, really? You're kidding me. I mean, especially where we are today. Um, again, being a faith person, I probably would have been like Moses and said, me, really? No, I am flawed. I, I don't think I'm the right one for this. I don't know that I'm smart enough, well-spoken enough to be the instrument to help others and be that voice for the invisible poor. But God had a different story. And um, I'm one that has learned the hard way that it's better to be obedient than to be miserable. Well, and 15 years later, here we are. Yes, sir. Healing Hands. Started off in 2004. What did you start with? Because now, jokingly, we were saying that you're doing it all, but really, as far as healthcare services, you are. But how did you guys start? So, in 2004 is when the dream was received and realized. 2005, we became incorporated. There was a little storm called Katrina that put us back getting our 501c3, so we did not open our doors till 2007. Hmm. Um, and we opened up as a volunteer clinic. 
one day a week. I worked in kind for two years before I had um, any compensation. And then as a result of uh, the quality care we were providing, even though it was a charity clinic, if you will, we continued to grow and people trusted us. And word of mouth is how we've grown. I mean, we don't go out and market and say, hey, come to Healing Hands. Um, You know, it's really word of mouth based on providing good, competent care, offering dignity and respect to people that are the invisible, the strangers, those that typically are not treated in the way maybe I might be because I have private insurance. When did the growth really start to explode? The growth really started to explode four years ago. And what was the catalyst for that? The catalyst for that was twofold. One, the 1115 waiver is a state program that provides funding um, as a result of meeting certain clinical metrics. And as a result of that, in our relationship with Texas Health Dallas, we're a part of their 1115 waiver program um, that's headed up by Texas Health Resources. So that was part of that. We met the metrics. We were successful. There was funding associated with that. The second part was is that in 2014, I started guiding my board toward the idea of becoming a federally qualified health center. And the reason for that is is that I felt like God wanted me to leave a legacy. When he called me something else, we had to be financially sustainable. We had to have an infrastructure that was built so that the company could go on once I'm either dead, <laughs> you know, or called to do something else, sure. right? Sure. No, no, no. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to work this hard and then it just all go down the tubes, I right? I agree. Absolutely. So we started that, um, that walk through a really intimidating, challenging perspective um, and made the decision to write a grant to um, the federal government. And um, we did not get the first grant, but we became what's called a lookalike. And then six months later, later wrote for the grant again and received it. And so those were the two legs of the three-legged stool that have really allowed us to grow. And so two years ago, we had 38 employees, and today we have 100. 38 to 100? Yes, sir. Research and planning really seems to be your forte. Would you agree that that is partially behind the success of this organization? It's massively successful, but with the way that you're kind of plotting this stuff out, very deliberate, and not all people are, let's say, capable of that kind of vision. Do you, do you equate that with your success here? Well, you're very kind, first of all. Thank you. But I'm extremely strategic. Administration is one of my spiritual gifts. And um, I'm an executor. If we have a strategy, I hold my team accountable to that strategy. I um, work really hard to obtain their buy-in, make sure they have a voice, and then we execute that and and we don't bear off. Now, on the occasion, who would have thought two years ago we would have the growth we had? But when opportunities come up where we can make acquisitions that are going to make us more financially successful, but most importantly, provide more access of services and care to the invisible poor, that helps all of us. That helps the bottom line for healthcare organizations all over the city. And it also helps we that have private insurance to kind of keep some of those rates down. It's, it's a soft cost, but, um, but most importantly, it helps people that have never had access and become sicker and sicker and sicker. Then they end up, if they don't have the access, um, 
in the halls of the emergency departments. And so that's why our model is so attractive. We are truly a safety net health, health center. What I, I thought about this organization in the beginning and what I have learned about it, I think that there was some kind of disconnect there, let's say. It seems like you are really providing much more, I don't know if intensive is the word, uh, but much more complicated care, let's say, as opposed to just your general free clinic. You're not really dealing as much with bumps and bruises and stitches as opposed to helping guide people through long-term illness. You're spot on, um, Nick. Chronic disease management and population health is our focus. And one of our strategies for 2019 is really to start digging in and looking at the social determinants of health that keep people unhealthy. So, for example, say you had a son and your son had asthma and you were able to come to Healing Hands, get your medication for the asthma. You are a great father. He's taken the medicine and everything's going great. But You go back to an apartment that has mold in the walls, has lead paint, has dirty carpets, and your apartment manager doesn't support a healthy environment for you, your your child's not going to get healthier. So one of the things that's been very uncomfortable for me that I know that we've moved toward is really in a thoughtful, balanced way, um, impacting policy, working with thoughtful voices in the community to help others. And that goes directly back to your experience as a school nurse, which was the whole reason why this all started. Yes, correct. What exactly are you trying to do as far as changing policy and changing the lives of people? Because you're already administering complicated health services. You're busy enough there. But you're trying to impact change on a larger scale so that people may not have to deal with these kinds of issues. You're working on preventative care. But you're doing that with a very civic-minded attitude. So what are you trying to work on right now? So that's a really kind of complicated answer, and I'll do my very best to answer it for you. We work close with city government. Um, We're in um, District 10 and District 13. We work with Councilman Adam McGue and Jennifer Staubach-Gates. Um, to really be a voice and to listen to what some of the challenges are in, in the community as it relates to health care access. So, for example, um, for seven years we tried to get a DART stop at our Greenville Clinic, and we worked on that for seven years. And um, as a result of working with DART and um, with city government, March 29th we got a bus stop. And so that was a barrier to access for health care. If you can't get there and it takes you two hours to ride a bus. Seven years to get a bus stop. Yes, yes. And so March 29th, you know. After seven years, I'd remember the exact date, too. I'd also know what time it happened and I'd have the letterhead framed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we try to do things that we know in structure that will allow moms dads, kids, and grandmas to be successful to get to the clinic. So if cost is a factor, then we became a federally qualified health center, and we have a sliding fee discount based on someone's ability to pay. But we don't turn anyone away for their inability to pay, right? Exactly. But we want to help them to understand that it's important for them to have skin in the game, too, because the research shows if you have skin in the game, you value the service more, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't get there and you have no transportation resources— then that's a gap. So you got to take that gap away. So what we're trying to do is take strategic steps to help people to be 
successful, to have health care access, and to positively impact the health of people for the next generation. I mean, I've got big goals. I mean, I, I would love <laughs> to be a part of this city that becomes more and more focused on people. Um, we have more folks coming here because of industry and the economy being good at this time. And so there are more and more folks. There's more and more stress on the health care systems. Um, it's, it's expensive. We all know how expensive health care is. But what we want to do is for those that are underserved and may not have the means that possibly you and I have to be that safety net clinic to assure that we can make a positive impact against generational poverty. Because if you're healthy, right, your kids go to school. If you're a healthy mom you can, or dad, you can go to work. You bring income into the family. Then you come home and you can feed your children. So it's all connected. Not to mention just having your finances decimated by an injury or something Absolutely. like that, which is so incredibly common and scary. Very. In fact, I can share an experience um, Less, I mean, we have health care in, insurance, and a year ago, um, my husband had an emergency surgery that was pretty serious, and had we not had um, insurance, it could have financially bankrupted us because it, it was a $79,000 surgery, and we had already had an emergency room bill six months before because they worked really hard to try to find an answer, and and it just hadn't propagated itself enough to be able to be obvious. And we had a $12,000 um, emergency room visit. So it's complicated. It's expensive. There's no silver bullet answer. I wish I could go to Washington and say, guys and gals, I've got the answer. I'm your cheerleader. I can fix this. But um, I don't have that answer. And I don't think anyone does. And it's difficult. Jana Gardner is the president and CEO of Healing Hands Ministries. You can find them online at healinghandsdallas.org. The kind of services that you're offering will, requires uh, very talented people. So the nurses, the doctors, the techs, who is helping make this organization run as efficiently and as well as it does? So I have a really talented C-suite group of individuals. I've got a COO and myself and CFO. I've got some, all my physicians are board certified, board certified family practice, board certified pediatricians, board certified OBs. Also have nurse practitioners that are amazing and equally as talented. Um, we seek folks that are servant leaders that want to come and serve the invisible poor, but they also are not the bottom of the barrel. We pay a little more um, to get the best and the brightest because we don't want mediocrity. So doctors and nurses are not volunteers. They are. There is no volunteers. No, it's all we we raise our money. We raise our budget with private philanthropy, friends, neighbors and donors, as well as our small grant that we get from the federal government as a result of being an FQHC. The way that you guys run, is this unique? Are there other organizations like this? There are three organizations in the city um, that are federally qualified health centers. Um, our model is a little different because of our relationships with, with private philanthropy. They have some of that, but but since I think we started as a, as a free, or not a free clinic, as a charity clinic, we were so dependent on that philanthropy dollar that we, I worked really hard to build relationships and 
to assure that we met our outcomes to positively impact not only our bottom line, but most importantly, our patients. Let's talk about the growth that you guys are experiencing. As you mentioned, I want to say pediatric and a dentistry wing are, are the new services? Pediatric and OB. Pediatric and OB. Okay. Yes. All right. So how long have those services been up and running? So they're brand new. Brand new service lines for us. Um, we opened on the Texas Presbyterian Dallas campus in their site on August the 20th. And Monday, um, November 19th, we open in our brand new space, 15,000 square feet. Okay, it took you seven years to get a bus stop. All right, so how long have you been working on, on this project? So you, you're going to giggle, um, but my board made the decision to do the OBPEDS um, project um, the same day we got the bus stop, March 29th, when the board vote came in. So, it was so, a big day. <laughs> wait, so you finished one project and just immediately left into the other one? You just said, all right, success, boom, this is next? Yes. Now, out of all transparency, um, have been tired having... This. I'm feeling fatigued. You guys have an unbelievable work rate. Well, we've got a pretty strong work ethic, but I had been talking with Texas Health Dallas for several years about, hey, what would it look like if we took on these clinics of yours? And um, the timing was right. So is that what you did? You, you basically overtook existing clinics and you are now we did running them more efficiently? So we did a transfer agreement with Texas Health Dallas and um, for us, um, from a business perspective, uh, we gained 6,000 patient lives that were paid by um, Medicaid. And so that's helps to diversify our payer mix. And um, it saves the healthcare organization $1.9 million. So it was a win-win. That is a win-win. That's amazing. All right. So what services are you, are you going to be focusing on uh, in these? Is there going to be a main thrust, let's say, to what you're doing there? Or is it going to be as open as uh, the other endeavors that you do? We want to serve the city of Dallas because of the, there's so many in need. But when we look at our pediatric ring, we're going to be focusing on preventative care, um, well child visits, immunizations, um, dental home, all the things that are going to positively impact the next generation of children to narrow those health care disparities. And when it comes to the OB care, um, we'll be providing prenatal care so that we can decrease the incidence of neonatal intensive care unit admissions. Um, we know that if a woman does not have prenatal care, she's higher risk for an early delivery, and those early deliveries can pump them into an NICU, and those can run up, up to a million-plus dollars. Are you going to be delivering babies, or is this all about preparing for that moment? We're preparing for that moment, but we have OBs that will be delivering those babies at Texas Health Dallas. How exciting is this? I mean, this has been this is a lot of work getting getting all this together, but I, I think this is a perfect encapsulation of what you're doing. You're helping out really the next. You're really focusing on the next generation of people that are coming into the world and trying to make them as healthy as possible from the get go. How does this feel? You know, sometimes when you're in the forest, you can only see the trees. Um, I think with the culmination of these clinics finally being um, open and then moving into our new space, we're over the moon. I, I don't even, that's the only way I know to say it. We're so excited because we know 
based on research that we're going to have the opportunity to prove to prove that we're going to have positive health outcomes. And we're really, I feel like, um, being positioned for success for the future. How many people are you guys helping a year? I mean, this might be a tough number to to quantitate. Just trying to understand the scope uh, of what you're doing and who you're helping. So this year, uh, we're on target to touch 20,000 lives um, for upwards of 53,000 visits patient visits wow. at our four sites. And and how large of an area do you cover or do you kind of help, let's say? Because I, people are obviously coming to you, um, but I'm going to say that it's going to be a certain area. So what are you focusing on or are you? So when we started, we focused on the 752, 31, 38, and 43 zip codes. Um, but that was a long time ago. That was 10 years ago. Um, as, as we've grown, we've we have no zip code barrier. Um, but if when you pull our data and look at the data, it shows that we see people as far south as Waco, as far north um, as Durant, Oklahoma. We have folks that come to us from Ellis County. Um, we have folks from North Dallas, South Dallas, East Dallas, and West Dallas. And it's basically um, word of mouth. And so women make the health care decisions for, for their family. So typically what happens is the mom comes. If the mom gets good service, is treated with dignity and respect, and it's affordable, and she gets good care, she comes back. Then she brings her children. The children come. They're taken well care of. Then the skeptical husband comes later. And I don't mean that with disrespect, but typically— Guys don't like to go to the doctor. They don't like to go to the doctor. So, yeah. So you're actually able to get them in. This is how good Healing Hands is. (laughs) You're You're able to get men to go see a doctor. Yes. Yes, and it's fantastic. Using word of mouth for anything, as far as promotion goes, is is a dicey proposition. It either works unbelievably well or it falls flat, and then you've got to figure something out. You're telling me this has worked unbelievably well. Was there a conscious choice to really work on word of mouth just focus on the care word will get out or did you think about having to market this and talk to people to make sure that people were coming into your doors so our our growth has happened you know over years right um and having been a part of the richardson independent school district nurse family for about a year and 10 months that's really where the seeds you have 70 nurses there that are great marketers and don't cost you any money Um, but it's just evolved naturally. It's been very organic. Um, We have not spent one marketing dollar, and that's the honest truth, in the whole time we've been open, um, with the exception of, you know, when you do your fundraising letters and that kind of thing um, in any brochures. But we have not, like, put anything on a billboard or, uh, you know, run, you know, purchase radio space or television space. Uh, we really believe in relationships, and another reason I think we've been successful is we collaborate with lots of nonprofits um, in the city, in the neighborhood, um, because we kind of are working on the same social problems, and so we're relational. Um, we build relationships to collaborate, to try to meet um, goals to help people, and and I think that's been a part of the success as well, but no, there was no focus like, oh, well, if this doesn't work. I mean, there's so much need, Nick. I mean, so it it was 
pretty much an easy business proposition to get there. You build it, they come. <laughs> sure. Then you got to have the money to follow. <laughs> right. You've got a lot of stuff on your website. It's a great website, HealingHandsDallas.org. On there, it does mention volunteers. If anybody is interested in volunteering with this organization, what are they going to be doing? What are you looking for? So we have a really fun offering that allows people to dip their toe in the water um, easily. We have, it's on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings and afternoons. It's called Community Cafe. People can come in. We offer free coffee and fruit and, des- and rolls and desserts and breads to our patients. And you can come and serve. You can come and pour coffee. And it's a time for coffee and conversation just to let people have a place that's safe to rest. They can do those kinds of things. If they're medical type folks, we can get them connected for some of our uh, back to school events. We do a huge back to school bash um, in the Vickery Meadow and Lake Highlands area where we provide physicals um, at no cost, eye screening, immunizations to get kids ready to go back to school. So again, if you don't have your shots, you can't go to school. So we want to narrow that that bar- you know that disparity to make sure there's no barrier to, for school access. And then we also have administrative tasks. We have students that want to go to med school, and a lot of times they just want to, you know, they want to be in the meat touching the, the medical, and they're not really ready for that. So what we do is we bring them under our quality team, and we teach them how to do data analysis. We teach them about healthcare disparities and social determinants of health and allow them to actually extract the data and look at the demographics. So at some time, once they are physicians, that that'll give them a leg up. We're unfortunately already out of time. I think that we could talk for easily another hour about all this stuff you're doing, but we've got to wrap it up. All right, so you've got the Pediatric and Women's Health Center opening up. Do you all, I'll just ask this, do you already have the next project lined up that you're going to start working on? So there is a little project that might happen in another area of Dallas but it's not board approved yet, so I'm not. I'm gonna. You're guess, gonna have to invite me I'm back. I'm gonna guess that it's not little at all, based <laughs> on what we have learned today. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Jana Gardner is the CEO and president of Healing Hands Ministries. Once again, you can find them online at healinghandsdallas.org. I would love for you to come back. Please do that. Thank you, Nick. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.